Now, today, um, I will talk about, you know, we're coming to the end of the old year. And I should be here actually on the 9th of December, but we had an emergency cropped up. And unfortunately, we weren't able to come and, and make uh, to step in. It's always good to have a sermon up your sleeve. And uh, you can always tell the preacher's going to preach a long sermon or a short one, depending on the length of his sleeve. So, <laughs> but make that one of his sleeve anyway. And uh, he was able to fill in, so we were able to But actually, I, I think probably the message I have uh, may be a little bit more appropriate this time of year. We, we've come to the end of the year, and uh, we're about to go into. 2019. So, just before we start, we just have a short word. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so we are so dependent on you. Uh, you. You provide us with so much. We thank you for your word. This is a long answer of faith, a light answer of God. Lord, we we have we have prepared this message, but we need your increase. So we pray, Lord, that you will enable me to, uh, to deliver the message with clarity. I pray that you will help me with my memory. And I pray, Lord, to that the hearts that will be opened, that they will be blessed and done what they most of you. But above all, we pray that your name will be glorified. And that when we leave this building today, we will indeed not make a new year's resolution, but we will indeed be more determined to follow you. And follow your word, according uh, to your will, and we ask all this in the precious name of Jesus. I feel a little bit funny not having a Bible in my hand, but of course I can't read about it. But the word of God is written on my heart. And uh, I, have, I have different days at home, and I know people to use uh, talking Bibles and uh, magnified uh, terminal, laptop, and that sort of thing. So they are very useful. But uh, I, I do trust a lot to memory, and of course I became a Christian with that when I was a very young person, probably about 14 years old, back in good old Belfast. And I did pastor church for about 18 years in Sunshine. It was a, I, I say carefully, a conservative Pentecostal church, and uh, I had that opportunity. But uh, over, over the years, uh, I have become more reformed. In my theology, and uh, through listening to, to people like John MacArthur and reading of his material, uh, I thought the Lord leading me into a more reformed uh, theological position. And so I thank God for that. But I do thank God too for my upbringing and for the things that I learned as a child, which were able to make me wise on to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. My as I said, we've come to the end of the year. We're coming to a new year. What do you think about in the incoming year? Have you got plans? Are you going overseas? Perhaps a new job? Perhaps buying a new home? Perhaps you have plans for the year. You're thinking about the year that's passed. You left that behind, and now you're thinking about the year of the second. And you think, you know, Paul said in Philippians 3, first of three, let those of us who are mature think this way. Think this way. And this is a good time to think the way that Paul was pointing out in chapter 3. 
And uh, sometimes you know, we, we need to sit down and think. And Paul has it also in, in uh, Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul also said, uh, whatever is true, whatever, whatever is uh, honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is uh, lovely, whatever is commendable, can there be any excellence? Can there be anything worthy of praise? Think about these things. And so we have a lot of things about it. And so, you know, uh, this chapter is a wonderful chapter, as the whole book is. I really like helping uh, study Philippians for the last few weeks, and I probably will do it for the immediate future. Because it's a wonderful book, many, many wonderful truths to be taught. And uh, the Apostle Paul, of course, uh, uh, had founded this church by AD 51. And he wrote this letter about AD, uh, AD 61, approximately, according to uh, our Bible scholars. Now, the passage that Paul had just written in this letter was verse 13 to verse 15. And so I'll, I'll probably be dwelling around that particular part of Philippians. So if you have your Bibles open, you can follow me as we go along. And the Apostle Paul said that uh, he, he had not yet obtained what he was looking for. But he not only said that this, this one thing I do, leaving, what? Leaving, uh, forgetting those things that are behind, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And before he said that, he said that he was pressing on towards that goal. And then he said, let those of us who are mature think this way. And so today, I, I wanted to choose the title to go along with that passage. And I thought also the title, although at the time, I hadn't thought to pick one that would be suitable at this time of the year. But the title I chose was Pursuit and Attainment of Christian Excellence. And I think thought that was a good title to go along with that passage because um, Paul says pressing on towards the goal of the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And I thought about that a lot. And I thought there was so much in that little passage that we can go to different parts of the letter of the Philippines and uh, so much time to help us to interpret what Paul is doing. Now, just, just about the church of uh, you know, in, in Philippians chapter 1, it's that Paul and Timothy, servants of God, or slaves of God, to all the saints in Philippi along with the overseers and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Apostle Paul was writing this letter and he was including Timothy in the letter. And of course he was writing to the church at Philippi. And a little bit of background about Philippi. It was a Roman colony. 
And uh, it was one of the first churches, Christian churches, that came into the Inadville colony. And we know that uh, the background, uh, of course, was called after Philip. Uh, who Philip, uh, I think Philip was actually the father of Alexander the Great, if, if my history is right. And uh, he was called after Philip. And of course, this little church in Philippi, the beginnings of it, we, we, we did begin to begin to in Acts chapter 16. We know that Paul and Silas, they were second missionary journey, they came on to Philippi. And they found the women down there on the, on the riverbank having a prayer meeting. And they mentioned one lady in particular, and that was Lydia. And Lydia was a, a business lady, a sailor of purple. And uh, so she was very hospitable towards them, and they were able to go around Philippi preaching the word. But there was a, a, a young woman who was demon possessed. She was a sort of fortune teller. And she was going around and almost uh, commending Paul and Cyrus, saying, These men are the great men of the Lord. And Paul got to a point where he had enough and cast the demon out of her. Now, of course, even Jesus in his ministry, we know that sometimes demons uh, said, you, you are the son of the most, the most high God. And he didn't want to be identified with, with Satan. And so he rebuked and told him to be quiet. And Paul here didn't want, I believe, to be identified with uh, Satan. And so he wanted to make sure that there was just that division between himself and this, this young girl probably became a member of the church. But of course, because of that, Paul and Silas were thrown into prison without going into a lot of detail. They were thrown into prison and they were singing praises at midnight. And we know that there was an earthquake, and through that, and Paul's ministry, the Philippine jailer and his family were converted. So this was the beginning of the church there. And it was a very hospitable church. And even, even uh, as Paul traveled through the forest, down through Thessalonica, they gave him support, they sent support to him. And even when he was in prison, they sent support. But of course, this letter was written from prison. And in Philippians 1, uh, verse 7 13, Paul referred to the fact that he was in prison. He was in prison in Rome, probably his first prison, prison and probably the least later on, before he was finally in prison. Uh, we know that we read about his final imprisonment in, uh, in 2 Timothy, uh, especially the last chapter, where according to tradition, he was taken to Rome and beaten with the walls and beheaded. Anyway, Paul, uh, this was the little church, this was the setting for this little church that Paul answered. Now, when we, when we talk, when we come to probably um, what I would call my first point, I would, I would call this mimicking and modeling. Now, of course, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, said, The imitators of me, even also as I am of Christ. Now, because the word imitate didn't sort of go with model, I chose one to start again. So that it just didn't look good. So I used the word mimicking. And so the first point is mimicking and and you can see that everybody mimics someone. And especially in the secular world, uh, people mimic uh, different people in the secular world. Uh, for example, the media. You take the media. Now, advertising is so rotten in the media, and many people 
our influence a little more than we can do it. And I remember going back many years ago when they had cigarette adverts on, on TV. And you had this, this uh, real handsome guy riding on a beautiful chestnut horse in Western Gear. And a beautiful, a beautiful woman riding beside him, dressed in Western Gear. And they got into the corral and they released the horses and then they sauntered over to the to the corral fence. And I turned around and he whipped out the Marlboro packet. Oh, what an image, you know. And of course, it's amazing how many people would be influenced by that. And there'd be many other television adverts as well. Again, sports. Now, don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with sports. Take it in the right, in the right, in the right uh, quantity. But you know, some people are really, it is their religion. Sport is their religion. And I know uh, one chap, and he is, he wants to start to learn how to play AFL, he wants to learn how to play cricket. He spent a lot of money on his uniforms, and money for him to be cheered. And it's almost as if he wants to play, and yet he's not teaching anything about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not teaching how to face death. And it's sad when you think of it. I know one American preacher who came over to an independent Baptist church in Hobbes uh, Cross, a lovely, lovely Christian girl, a lovely pastor. And he certainly came. The other said to him, if you go find Australia, it's very modest They're not very religious. But he said when he went to his first AFL football match, he found out they were very religious indeed. And he came to the football. And that's true. And of course, there's also fashion. I mean, you know, these models. And a lot of people watch the royals, especially the, the, the female royals. They want to know what are they wearing? What color is it? What fashion is it? Who designed it? And here, a lot of people are swayed by different, by different models, and they mimic, they mimic those people. And a lot of the soap operas as well, a lot of the young people, they almost lose their lives by soap operas. It goes on and on. You have got to excuse me. Did not let himself, did not let himself, his equality with God, a 
thing to be cross, but made himself nothing, being born in the likeness of man, being found in human form, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross. And you know, here's a good model. A model of humility and a model of obedience. A model that the Apostle Paul followed and one that he exhorts follows well. And of course, Paul himself was a good model. When you look at Paul's life, as he traveled through the book of Acts, and as he wrote through those letters, uh, Pauline letters, and we see a wonderful example of the Apostle Paul. He also referred to, and of course, he, 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 um, he, 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 he said that we should follow his example as well because he was following the example of Christ. He also referred in chapter 2 to Timothy and to Ephrodites. And he said in, in uh, Philippians 2, uh, verse 19 to 24, he said he was going to send Timothy to the church in Philippi so that Timothy could come back and report how things were going in Philippi. And he went on to say, these two words from the he said, he had proven worth. He had been proven as a person of God. And he was encouraging him to look up and to accept him as a servant of God. He also mentioned uh, Apophatites. He said that Apophatites had come from the church of Philippi and had ministered on the earth in Rome and brought him support and support Paul. And of course, the church of Philippi, they were concerned about Apophatius. And uh, were worried that he, and Apophatius, even though he was near on the death, was very sick, he was more concerned about the church worrying about him than he was about his own health. In fact, Paul was going to say that he almost, he almost uh, died. And he almost died for the, for the ministry of Jesus Christ. And these were good examples of but not only that, you know, uh, there are great examples in the local church even today. And you know, when Paul, uh, when Paul spoke in, um, in Philippians 3, I think it was verse 16, and the Apostle Paul said, he said that, um, join in imitating me and keep your eyes, keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And so it's important when we think of, of mimicking and, and the models that in the church that we look for models that we can Models who make themselves after God. And we ourselves can be good models for people to look after. That's why it's important that we not only talk the life, but we walk the life and have our influence on people. And that basically is, is the, the first point I want to mention because I think it's important when we, when we think about it in terms of pursuit and receiving uh, uh, that Christian act to, to, to have that, to have that, um, to, to have that, to pursue and, and have that, that people can look up to us and see our life and we have that influence in people. The second point I'd like to talk about is discipline. Because without Christian discipline, 
I don't think we're able to uh, acquire that Christian, that consciousness, that culture. Sorry. And so we need to have we need to have a discipline. Now we know that in First Corinthians again, uh, chapter nine, verse twenty-seven, the Apostle Paul said about uh, I, I I need to be disciplined and have control of my body. I need to discipline my body and have control of my body so that he could live that life. And in, in the uh, in the old King James, of course, it said, uh, "Be subject, bring my body into subjection." And, and to, to pursue to pursue uh, that goal we have, we need to have that we need to have that discipline. Now, of course, one of the things we've got to watch out for are distractions. Distractions, and we talk about hardship. Sometimes hardship can be a distraction, and we are human. Even as Christians, we're human. And when, when you think of sometimes the hardship, it could be uh, unemployment. It could be the loss of a home. It could be personal, personal illness. And sometimes we have other distractions, you know, and they can, they can cause us to lose faith. And so that's why we need to be disciplined and have control of, of our, our body and our mind. And of course, we, we have that support uh, that uh, the rest of us. And so again, to to uh, overcome. And you know, Paul, Paul, Paul was able to say that uh, he had learned to be content. He had learned to be content. And whether he it was low or whether he had bound it, he had come to the point where he learned to be content. And whatever position he found himself in, to be content and trust in God. And so the other one is suffering as well. When I talk about suffering, uh, I'm talking about possibly about suffering because of the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes it can be our families, it can be our workplace. But sadly, for, for many people across the water, it can mean death and real severe persecution. And sometimes people are unable to bear up the suffering. And that's why we need to be uh, prepared. We need to be prepared in our own heart that when it comes to that, that we, we are in a position where we can face those things. The Apostle Paul again said, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, uh, it has been brought home to you for his sake, not only, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. And of course the Apostle Paul, he was in prison, and he knew what suffering was all about. And uh, he, he spoke again about Aphrodite's how he was in on the day of the day. He was willing to risk his life for the sake of the gospel. Apostle Paul, again, in Philippians 1, and I think it's around the first 27, he said that uh, we walk, need to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when people see that even in the midst of suffering, that we still stand firm in our faith in this group. The other one, and I'm moving along, I thought moving along, one of them was legalistic righteousness. Legalistic righteousness. And we found that at the beginning of chapter 3. Paul said, Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who, 
to meet with the flesh. And I will say, for we are the real circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and turn to Jesus Christ, our glory in Jesus Christ. And again, he said in Romans chapter 2, verse 29, it's circumcision of the heart. And even back in the New Testament, Deuteronomy and all, all those books, it, it wasn't meant to be a ritual, it was meant to be something that was inward. And you know, sometimes we, we wonder, sometimes, if we have to, we think, well, that, that doesn't apply to us, because that's something with circumcision. But you know, sometimes we've got to be careful through that we're not being listed. That we make sure that we don't just have a letter and dispose of the spirit. And you know, I remember as a young guy, and uh, <coughs> we used to have these little cards, they were, were little football cards. And it had an image of our, our footballers with their guarantee and the team that were, of course, with the soccer back there. But these little cards, they always, they, they always had the head of the, the footballer, a large head, but a very small body. Very small body. And sometimes we have to be careful that we don't have a big head of knowledge when it comes to spiritual things for a very small body. And sometimes we have to be sure that we aren't ourselves being too realistic. And uh, get to the point of, well, chapter and first, chapter and third, and that's good, but we need to remember that when we come to the point of discussing the Bible with people, we're not, we're not trying to convince them that we know better than they do, or we're more educated in spiritual things. If someone said, any donkey can win an argument, but all we need is someone who can win a soul. And so, like Paul said, he said to the Jew and the Jew, to the Greek and the Greek, of all things still men, that I make one son. And so when we are, when we are discussing the Bible, with another Christian, or even with a non-believer, we've got to keep that in the back of our mind. We are trying to, to encourage a Christian, and, and to encourage him to go deeper in sin, and not only to try to fill a gap in his life, but that we both try to find us in both our lives. And often when I pray for people around in the other churches, but maybe I fall in a little bit into a little bit of prayer. I will say, Lord, I pray that you will supply that which they like, but Lord, I pray that you will supply all of us that which we like. And sometimes we need to look inward as well as outward. And so Paul was talking about, and Paul, Paul said that he himself if anyone had a right to boast, he had a right to boast. He said, Circumcised the eighth day of the people of Israel, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he said, According to the, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to seal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, false. And yet he will only say that. Whatever being I had, I count these as lost. I count these as lost for the sake of Christ. And that's the, that's the truth. That he looked back as like, sometimes we need to look back. Maybe in 2018, and look forward to 2019, and start to examine ourselves. Only when, when we come around the Lord's table, it's just let him on examine himself. But sometimes we need to do that. Not on the Lord's table, but on a regular basis. And just look at where we are in our life. 
And so the Apostle Paul uh, had, had talked about these different things. And of course, the little one's unity. Unity. And uh, Paul, in the beginning, in the third case, told him to have the same mind, to have the same mind, and, and to, to, be, to be one love, and also to give the same account. And then, that's, that, that was in chapter 2, and then he went on to talk about, about Jesus Christ. And you know, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and the priestly prayer, prayer, in John 17, he said, so, Father, not only do I pray for these alone, uh, talking about his disciples, but I pray for those who will believe on me through their word, that they may be one, as we are one, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so it's so important for us to have unity. To have unity. Now, of course, that unity must be based on the word. For those who believe on me, through their word. And so that unity has got to be based on word. We don't want diversity, we want universal. But you know, even in churches that are Bible-based churches, I think you, you may have witnessed yourself, sometimes it's a sad thing that the brethren who are the same mind in regard to doctrine, brethren who are the same mind in regard to doctrine, sometimes we find that when it comes to personalities, even they can come to grief. And Paul, in first Corinthians chapter one, he spoke about about uh, all the sisters that told him that there are divisions among you. One of you says, "I am a Paul," another, "Oh Paul," so you, "I am a Christ." And one of them said, "It's Christ of me." Did I baptize anyone in my name? And so these things ought not to be said. And so even when it comes to personalities, yes, it's good for us to have models. It's also good for us to make sure, if we are models, that we make sure we uphold the unity of the unity among the brethren. Now, I don't want to take too long, because I know many more or less is more or less to be the principles I like, but he also think has made it clear to me that you all could leave here at a certain time for home for lunch. <laughs> so so I, he did say, well, probably I'm going to lock up myself when I'm finished now. But I won't be preaching long because, uh, you know, because there's sometimes that I decide to go to preaching. But, you know, uh, I have this thing that I have my wife treating because I, I can't read a watch or a clock. So I have my wife treating. She thinks I'm stuck with the one I won't get too long. She will give a little call. Just let me warn you, so you can grow this. If you think you're going to try to imitate that little call, forget it. I have thought trying to call this a small cost accent. Anyway, what I'd like to do, I'd like to skip over to a fourth point. The third point was from people. And we've already read, we've already, I've already quoted uh, how Jesus, uh, even though he was in the form of God, he made himself nothing. He made himself a nobody. made himself a nobody and humbled himself to be obedient to the point of death, even to the violence. And so, uh, I was going to talk to you, but you know, even, even Paul the Apostle uh, read to the church at Philippi, he said, 
ještě to je to, 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 to How that you know it? Not all for 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 because I think time is getting on. Not all point is pursuit, pursuit, and attainment of Christian, Christian. Uh, what is the word? Thank you. Thank you. So so, how does that come about? Because we we, we did read that Paul said those things. That he held in the, in the, in the credit, his credit column. And in more or less, the, the guys in the church of the day, in chapter 3. Especially verse 7 to verse 9b. And he said that, that, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever gain I had, whatever gain I had, I tried it as a loss for the sake of Christ. And I'm going to say, You don't want to speak about that he he gave everything up and he turned it goes as rubbish. Rubbish. And and the first point would be uh, we have to start here. Just where our life has been. Uh, Whether we come in with Jesus Christ or the Savior. But we don't go back into some of those things. And we look ahead. And Paul said that all those things he had he had left them behind. He said You know, uh, but for this I do, forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind. And he said, I press on. And you know, when it comes to that, those things we left behind, we, we've got to say, well, what about the things that we have? You know, the, the legalistic law, uh, the things that we have, and we leave those behind. But you know, the question is, The second point would be when we take account of what we do have in the credit column, when we take account, we realize that that righteousness, our own righteousness which comes from the law, we, 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 it, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not God's righteousness. And Jesus would to say that the righteousness that comes through faith In Christ Jesus, the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God that depends on our faith. And so the righteousness of God is activated, activated by our faith. And you know when you think of uh, even Ephesians chapter 2, But since but by grace you see it through faith, that not yourself, it is the faith of God. The faith, even the faith we have, the faith that we activate, God's righteousness with, is the faith that comes from God. The gift that comes from God. The Lord's justification. And so we have that justification. And the Apostle Paul was going to say that how, 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 do we, how, how do we how do we come to that point? where we are able to prepare and in pursuit and also acquire that Christian 
excellence. And he goes on to talk about being Christ-like. Being Christ-like. In other words, we, we take on Christ and we become like Christ. That is Christian excellence. Becoming like Christ. We will not reach that perfection in this life. And Paul said that this could be this could, this could happen by the power of the resurrection. <laughs> by the power of the resurrection. And in sharing in his sufferings. And Paul said that he too was looking forward to the resurrection. And he had not yet acquired that. But he was pressing on towards the goal for the prize of the high hope. And this he was using the illustration of people who were involved in athletics and Romans for that and getting the prize. And when we when we talk about our prize, our prize is to go forward, press forward to the goal that God set, to the call of God, the upward call of which is the God, which is in Christ Jesus. And so uh, in in the in uh, I've been most of the time in the ESV, but in the international version, it uses the word fellowship. Uh, we partake of the resurrection and the fellowship. That word fellowship can also be translated partnership. And so we partner with Jesus in his resurrection, by the grace of God, in his resurrection, in his suffering. And one day we will be glorified. We will also partake of salvation. So I guess this morning I, I really had more material than I could share with you. But you know, I've been so blessed even myself. As I, I've been studying a uh, little bit from the it's it's really good, really good there. There's so much in it, especially in, in chapter 3. And we, we talk about, about models, we talk about uh, discipline, and not, not only, not only in, in avoiding those distractions, but also being subject to, to those, those disciplines that help us to, to achieve that goal. Prayer, for example. Bible study, fellowship, all, all those things that, that are the ingredients of a us to pursue. And preparing us for when hardship or when suffering comes, or even persecution. We, we, we may not be suffering persecution, but the day could come when we could suffer persecution for our children or our grandchildren. And so it, it's good for us to prepare and, and, and just have that mentality. That would tell you that Jesus had that comes through the grace and the mercy and the love of God our And so today, uh, from that point, there's a transition. And that transition is that we do have to be active. You know, we can become stagnant. Even when we've Christmas for a long time, we get to the point where we want to sit down in the rocking chair and our feet and say, well, I've done oh my gosh, you know, I've done my tour of duty. But you know, uh, as Paul said in, in that little passage, uh, 13 through 15 in chapter 3, he said, straining, straining, straining towards the Lord. And you know, Carol and I, we are very, very 
interested in kayak. We, we went to kayak on lakes or rivers, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, he gave a vision. Cal's in the front of the canoe, and I'm in the back, because I have a person coming in the back. And I, I can see enough to see the puddles for one another. So I, I, I just followed the puddles, and Cal comes on the, on the, the port side, and start like that. Life is not in terms starboard and the port side. Uh, I, I just follow. And we can go on rivers and things. And sometimes we're on a lake like, like Lake Mobile, where you have, it's part of the water system, and, and the river's coming through, and you come to that point of the current, and you've got to scream to keep the canoe moving. Or in the river, we, we try to work with so we're going up the river with the tide and coming down, and the tide's go good. Very seldom works out that way. And very often, uh, when we're going up, we look at the bank, and it's like men like trees running. But when we're coming back down again, we look at the bank, it's like we're looking at men, not even like trees, walking, crawling. And you know, none of those can even stop the problem because uh, if one stops and drink the water, they always have to keep on Because if, if we both stop on they start to come. so we come straight, straight, straight. And you say, ah, how far we got to go? And then you tell your destiny, you say, wow, this is good fun. <laughs> and you know, when it comes to, to, to pursuing, Pursuing that goal, when it comes to pursuing that prayers, that high calling of God, the high calling in God, in, in Jesus Christ, the high calling of God in Jesus Christ, and we have to study it. It takes effort. But by God's grace and by the power of the resurrection, we can be partakers of, of, of His holiness. We can be partakers of his suffering. We can be partakers of his resurrection. And the Apostle Paul said, by all means. And so they say, well, Paul said that we were doubtful of his resurrection. He said, I believe with Paul, he didn't know whether the resurrection still would happen while he was still alive or when he passed away. Because you think of uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, where it says, the dead in Christ will rise first, and all of us are alive and remain, will be caught together with them to meet the Lord in the earth. And so, it could be that Paul is saying, well, you know, even, 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 even if I rise, I'm still alive, it's still a resurrection. And you know, one day we will partake of the resurrection. Oh, wow, only that more time. There are so many blessings in this world, but I just love it. I just love it. I want to do it. I've said this all the time. I'm trying to memorize the book. Because when I was little guy in Sunday school, I'm going to this. When I was little guy in Sunday school, my Sunday school teacher was called Miss, Miss Kim Duff. Sounds like a Sounds like a first license. Miss Kim Duff. And you know, she said, Now listen, boys, I want you to learn John chapter 1, the first 14 verses. Of course, weeks went on. Now someone has to Oh, I have no idea, Mr. Duff, you know. Okay, the first boy in the verse, John 1, the first one, 1 to 14. I'm going to give him a penny. Now, in those days, I'm, I'm 82 at the moment, in those days, you'd buy, you'd buy two ice creams for a penny. And you know, I, 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 learned, first, I, I learned John 1, 
chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. Not that I wanted to, but business is business. <laughs> and so I got that I have But you know, memorizing scripture and into memorizing scripture and into song. Like you did today in this second book, song. That's scripture. But look, that just goes to say, look, uh, we, we, need, we need to be, we need to be alert. We need to be alert. We need to, we need to swim. We need to press. We need to prepare. By prayer, reading God's word. 2019. You know, I, I love to read, I love to read the history of building books. You things like the SAS, the Special Service. And sometimes you read, but some of the, the, some of the discipline that they go through, and I think that some of the passages in Scripture where a lot of the writers of the Bible refer to farmers or soldiers, and they use those illustrations. And I would like to be, I would like to reach, reach that stage of excellence. I know I never will until I go home to be with the Lord, or until the Lord comes before I pass away. But I know that I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, and now this is her control. That was in part. What is the child that God has done? And now that I am a mother, I'm a child. We see through a mirror dimly. But then, face to face, face to face, I will know even as I am alone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful thing to be glorified. To be glorified. Lord Jesus Christ. But we have responsibility. Responsibility to prepare. Responsibility of pursuit. To acquire by the grace of God and become excellent. So that God, God will be glorified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Uh, not only to share with you, but just pray, Lord, that we take this view. Humble words, Lord, and that you'll break, break down the bread of life as you go to the Lord's beside the and that each one of us will be filled. Each one of us will be provoked to think this way, to think about these things. What's true? What's love? What's communion? Excellence. All these things. We pray, Lord, that you will again bless us from church. Bless this church, Lord, and this part of your Lord. And bless me and Christ's Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through the way you have. And we continue, continue to pray, Lord, for your blessing on their life and their health. Now, Lord, we ask all these things. And through the Christ, Jesus.